Hello, hello. Welcome to the Michelle Mission. I am your host, Vincent Williams of It's All Soul Wednesdays on G-Town Radio, 8 to 10. That's gtown.com. And I'm here, of course, with my co-host. What's up? Holla at your boy. This is Len, the Bat Tribble of Black Tribbles fame. And tonight or today, depending on when you are listening to this, you know, my default is tonight because my show is, is, it, at is at night. You know, I fashioned myself a postmodern Venus flytrap <laughs> from WKRP in Cincinnati. So it's I just feel like it should be tonight. Gather but, around my children. <laughs> but on today's mission, we will talk about 2015's dope Hey. You go to high school in Inglewood. You think you're going to get into Harvard? I'm from a poor, crime-filled neighborhood, raised by a single mother, don't know my dad, blah, blah. It's cliche. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Malcolm Adekandi. I'm a straight-A student with nearly perfect SAT scores. He probably got, like, one of those photogenic brains. <laughs> you mean photographic memory? What'd I just say? I mean, yeah, you, you said it. Yeah, Reiterating. I play in a punk band with my friends, and I'm a 90s hip-hop geek. You gonna say something or just stare at me? A bad day for most geeks would be being the butt of jokes. Some brother really needs to invent an app like ways to avoid all these hood traps. It is time we started expanding our horizons. We're not going to a drug dealer's birthday party. But when you live in the bottoms... Well, I'll go if you go. Okay! A bad day could look like this. We were dancing, man. We... <laughs> If I let this lie, we got what they call a slippery slope. You know what a slippery slope is? Do a guy anything to do with skin? Shut your ass down. Don't make a Do you have what I left in the backpack? Did he actually say I'll kill you and your friends if you don't get rid of these drugs or just you? Don't act like you weren't curious, too. Hey, all we got to do is find the white people. Go to Coachella, Lollapalooza. We don't know nothing about drugs. You do. We need to know if you're going to help us. Okay. Nobody's going to suspect a thing. We're just geeks doing what geeks do. I don't want to go to jail. I want to go to college. Ah, slippery slow. Exactly. You play with me, my little boy from the hood? Hey, wait, wait, wait. I am the authority in keeping a proper brother-to-hoe ratio. So unless you got some boobies. What? Like, boys don't cry. Remember we were saying that? remember that. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Malcolm Adekandi. Can you dig it? You can call me N-word, and I can't say it. Technically, he shouldn't be able to say the word. Why can you okay. use it? Because I'm 14% African. Ancestry.com. Look, just say the damn word. You're my... <laughs> it was a reflex. Directed by Rick Famayawa, and I may be mispronouncing his name, but but that is the ignorance of my tongue, not my heart. Dope follows high school senior Malcolm and his friends Jib and Diggy as they bond over 90s hip-hop culture, their studies, and playing music in their own punk band. A chance encounter with a drug dealer named Dom lands Malcolm and company at the dealer's nightclub birthday party when the scene turns violent. They flee with the ecstasy that Dom secretly hid in Malcolm's backpack. And from there, a wild adventure ensues. 2015's Dope on this episode of The Michelle Mission. This was a very, very timely film. It's interesting. I've seen this movie like about now you know i haven't watched it for the show 
this is probably my fifth time watching the movie. Okay. Um, which is a lot considering that it came out. It, it is year. a lot. Yeah, I was, that's impressive, actually. Uh, but it's because I always want to introduce somebody to it. You know what I mean? Okay. But I've two times I watched it, including the very first time I watched the film, I watched it with um, a teacher. I watched it with my friend, my friend Calvin, who's a teacher at one time. And then I watched it uh, another time with an actually a group of friends. And in that group of friends, it was uh, two teachers. And each time the teachers came away with came away from that film. Like, oh, I got to show this in my class. Wow. That was like their initial. That's the first words out of their mouth every time I got to show this to my class. The, the kids need to see this because this movie one speaks about, you know, embracing who you are, embracing your identity, always a timely message. Right. Uh, when you have these three kids who, who, you know, identify themselves right off the bat in the movie as geeks, we are geeks. You know what I mean? Uh, in their dress, uh, in their style, in their stance, in their nature, even though, and and it's interesting. It's interesting that while they identify themselves as geek and they they recognize that they are geeks, they again do what, I guess to a degree, my my crew, the Black Tribbles, try to um, refashion that moniker of geek. They they look kind of geeky when you see them. Uh, Malcolm and Diggy and um, Jib 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 in this film but when you think about it what are they geeky about because they they have a, a fascination and appreciation of 80s and 90s hip-hop right and they show that off in their gear and in the music that they wear um yet that love of that music it doesn't infuse them to create or try to recreate the sound that they heard they actually are feeding off of the energy and the uh, liveliness of that of that music and of that era to infuse into a whole nother genre of music that they do. They're a punk band. Right. They love hip hop, but they are a totally, totally punk band. And their music is punk. It's not even like it's like just punk music and they're and they're rapping over music. No, they are a punk singing band. It's just that they still have that same energy and that vibe of that 80s and 90s and that unbridled um, creativity and passion of 80s and 90s hip hop, which many might say is the like the golden age of hip hop. Right, right. When, right. They, when everything coalesced in that genre. So this movie is about it, uh, embracing that identity also, what do you do when people try to to uh, use your I, use your identity against you? And it's not just your peers. It's not just the you know the the drug dealer in the street that he meets, uh, played by ASAP Rocky, who actually is uh, very good in this film. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know him as like a, a rapper. Yeah, yeah, MC. He, he's a very talented actor. It, uh, very personable. Very, very talented actor. Um, but so it's so he he confronts them, you know, uh, basically trying, you know, getting Malcolm to to do his bidding in this in the movie. Uh, you've got a group of bullies that confront him 
in in the school and and steal his Jordans, steal his sneakers from him. You've got you can see from the looks of the people of the kids in class, you know, they're not exactly sure how to how to read these three these three kids. Um, but then he's also up against it from his teacher, his counselor, his dream because he is a straight A student. Right. His dream is to go to Harvard. Right. Straight A student with good SAT scores. With great SAT scores. Right. I mean, you know, he, 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 you know, he's got the recipe. Right. Down pack, and that's where I want to go. I want to go to Harvard. And his counselor is like, boy, you are arrogant to think that. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, just struck me as like, what? Which is still brave. Uh, it, well, I, I thought it was very interesting that in this film when it would be very easy for the counselor to be on the side of the angels and pushing for him. No, this, this counselor, um, in some other twisted way, maybe probably based on his own upbringing, think wants to tell this boy that he's, he's arrogant to think that he can get into Harvard, mm-hmm. you know, arrogant that that's enough. You need to worry about this, worry about this interview, which in I guess when you think about it is, in a way, it's it's telling him to make sure all your ducks are in a row and take care of this interview. But in another way, it, it's it's still kind of like 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 just pissing on the young boy's dream. Right, right. Um, so uh, it, so he has to fight it. He has to fight against that. And then you know he goes to the interview and uh, finds out that this big you know Harvard alumni who actually came from his school, came up from his neighborhood, is, you know, spoiler alert, it is one of these guys that's in this drug business. The kingpin. The king the big the big daddy kingpin in the in this in this whole drug business, which is another issue. Uh it, hmm. and it's and it's and it's very telling that most of your uh, adults in this film are, you know, there's a gray line that they're walking, or, or at best, they're oblivious. Right, right. oblivious to you know. Mm-hmm. Like his mother, who just apparently, yeah, you know, in her defense, she's working. She's working, but, but yeah. and, do... I and I'm not gonna call her oblivious because I think her mother, I think the mother in this film is, it's basically just to say that he has a mother. I don't think she's, I don't think she's fully fleshed to be some type of commentary or anything. At least I didn't read right. it. Well, I mean, not commentary on just, just I, I do think you know one of the things that it captures okay about being this age yeah is it really is this whole ecosystem yes it is because of just youth right in youth also in i and i i was struck by this uh when i watched this again because now you know some of the lessons of sitting here and talking movies with you um uh, 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 like are feeding me in the back of my my brain and touched on what this is saying about youth in that part of the uh, part of the country, right? In Inglewood, California, in su- in Southern California, in that area, it's like the adults are almost like the adults on Charlie Brown. Yeah, wah, you know, wah, it's wah, like wah wah wah. You right. know, they're there, but it's it's it's, it's, it's whole, all it's all it's all yeah. about it's all about y'all can't see me, but I'm doing my hands like this is the, the the whole world. Yeah, the whole world is 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 lower. It's, it's underneath the the adults gaze. It's it's mm-hmm. on the kid level. But uh, but watching watching how they navigate in this whole 
in this whole universe of Southern California, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? How they, they go from, you know, the, the, the streets where they live, where there's drug dealers in every corner and there's, and, and you gotta be careful about where you're riding your bikes. Cause you never know what's going to happen to next thing you know, they're at this big suburban, like, you know, mansion, you know, where they, where they're told to deliver this package and you see this totally oblivious, chick just stoned out of her freaking head um i paid attention i i found myself paying attention to the world the, the world building that it was setting up a southern california and it's taking us these different places as it drove along the streets of california so that really permeated in my in my head as i was watching it for now the fifth time but I find myself getting a little bit a little lost in, in thought but that's because there was so much about this movie that i really really truly enjoyed it's, oh yeah okay it's just it's just um it's commentary on on being a young kid and taking control of your situation and utilizing all that you have before you be it your friends be it your circumstance, be it your intelligence, the intelligence that God gave you, an intelligence that you were afforded to learn through the school, to think your way out of a crazy situation. There are some people that have might have some uh, uh, something to say about that situation, about how it was handled, how you know he basically just turned to drugs. He's not smart enough not to have to deal with drugs. Could he not have gone to the police or anything like that? Maybe, but in the streets where he lives, he didn't feel like he, he could do that. I don't know whether or not I, I, I didn't have a problem with what he was doing to, to me. He was going by the code of where he lives of those times of the people that he, he was around and get his way through that without having to bring the man or you know the police into that situation. This was uh, a a movie just like filled with fantastic performances. Malcolm played by Shamik Moore. I, I would love to see him in more in in other things. Uh, Jib played by Tony uh, Revolori, who actually was in I want to say the Grand Budapest Hotel. He's actually I think he was in the Grand Budapest Hotel. He and he was a uh, pre- darn good in that as well yep grand the best hotel wow. playing zero um and i really so I've not seen that uh, yeah that's a, it's a quirky kind of i'm film. a wes anderson dude wow you haven't seen that, that I, and i and i haven't seen it yet i'm you know that's that's pretty dope and kiersey lemons as 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 uh clemens clemens excuse mm-hmm. me clemens as as diggy you know <laughs> if, if you've seen the movie you see the joke i'm about to say oh you 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 so you so blood that you drop the seas yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah this is a it's, it's crazy like and it has come it's got a little bit of everything it's got commentary on on race with the whole white guy yeah white oh yeah oh yeah is it like getting smacked upside the head <laughs> Um, it's got like it's got commentary on it's got commentary on social media because they basically use social yeah. media to blow their whole I, thing yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, oh know? yeah, and, oh and yeah. Tagging it to this, this this crazy meme of a chick who's high on drugs peeing in the middle of the yeah. street. You know, I mean, it's just it's just an insane movie. Their their punk music, I can't front. It's pretty damn dope. I really like their music. 
Well, it's you know what it is. I don't know if you look. Pharrell Williams. Pharrell is exactly did, the did all, did all the and music. he did the yeah. original. It's just nerd songs. I know, like I know. The, the group nerd. Right. So right. you know, it's like, well, yeah, that's why I love it because I like nerd. Well, there so, you go. Yeah, there you go. But it's um, it's Zoe Kravitz is in this. She, she, you know, she's pretty good in it. You know, she does her work. Um, it's just a really cool film. The story, I like how the story is not simple. There is a complexity to the to the to the film. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't dumb itself down to the audience by any by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, it it challenges you to just give you enough so that you can enjoy the movie without having to hit you over the head with stuff. Like they go into the whole, like the way that they're selling their drugs and they're using Bitcoins for currency. And right. a lot of people like Bitcoins is a word that's out there, but a lot of people don't have an idea of exactly what Bitcoins are. And I'm not exactly sure that after watching this film, you'll have, you you will know what it is, but you'll have a but, better understanding of what Bitcoins is. You will know it enough to appreciate how they get over with these bitcoins, it's just a cool movie, and it may easily have been one of the one of my five favorite movies from last year. Well, I watched it five times, so I must have liked the damn thing. Okay, and I don't watch any movie five times in a year. Okay, and I've watched this movie five times in one year, and enjoyed every single viewing of it. All right, all right. So so there you go. That's my that's my opening. That's salvo. your opening salvo. Okay. Um I agree. Like everything you just said, I agree. When I and I've seen it twice now. Like like I watched it when it was in the movies and cuz it got it got a lot of buzz. It did get and, and then I watched it for this episode. And I really loved it the mm. first time I saw it. And this time I loved it. And there are two things that that kind of spoke to me and made me go, huh? And I kind of wrote little notes. And I think it kind of goes back to, I don't think I knew initially that the director, Rick uh, Famayawa, Famayua, is basically a dude our age. Yeah. Like, like he's he directed The Wood. He did... Um, I know he wrote... He did Talk to Me. He wrote Talk to Me. He didn't All right. direct it. Okay, uh, Brown was- Sugar. So, yeah. like, this is... Like, like he's a director where... He, he's almost like a, um, a Malcolm Lee-level director. Mm. Where, where you, you know, I've, I think I've talked about this before. I'm, I'm a big lover of the regular-ass 90s black movies. Yes. And actually, he was at a talk, and he talked about how the resistance or the myth of the resistance of making black films is, is really a myth. If you make them right, he said, if you can make a film for $10 million, you can do your work. And I thought, and I thought, yeah, and that's the movie he makes. And that's what I love. Here's why I think it's important to note that this is a dude in his forties. And it took me from, I really love this movie to just, I love this movie. One is sort of a little thing. That's kind of big. And then one's a big thing. That's actually big. I think when you have a dude in his 40s make this young character who loves 90s hip hop. So basically he just loves the hip hop that he that the that, that the, 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 that the director loves and you know and everybody I know right. who went and saw this movie we all loved it and then it was like oh we oh we should go get the soundtrack and it's like why would I have to get the soundtrack? I own all this all. I got all that. Right. 
I think it comes very close to becoming that guy. Like, like I never want to be that guy that says, oh, these kids today and the crap in music and they listen to the crap and this, that and the other. So, like, you know, you have the moment where Malcolm is talking to Dom and he talks about the 90s was the golden age mm-hmm. and this, that and the other. And I think that. Mm-hmm. But I'm in my 40s. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it would have been a much more nuanced sort of character if 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 like Malcolm and his friends loved hip hop that maybe had the spirit like you said with their music with the punk music they made so like they listened to you know and I think about stuff like my nephew has tried to introduce you know like Joey Badass and and you know and of course Kendrick Lamar and and J. Cole and mm-hmm. and, and Aesop Rocky mm-hmm. and you know people who are making this hip hop that like I like that hip hop because I don't really like it. Like, like, like my my nephew went through a Joey Badass period a couple of years. You know, you Uncle Vince, you gotta listen to Joey Badass. And I listen to Joey Badass. I'm like, okay, like this is good hip hop, but it's not for me. Like okay. this is young people hip hop. Like I see what you're doing, little brother. I like it. I like that you're doing it. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna go listen to Pete Rock and CO Smooth some more. Like I'm glad you're doing what you're doing, and I'm glad that my 20 year old nephew got you. Right. But this ain't for me. This is this is this is mine over here. Okay. So again, a little thing, and and I thought that could. So you th- you thought that the character would be more nuanced if they loved more. Maybe not even nuanced. Not not even nuanced is the right word. Almost realer. If if that makes sense, like I feel like a kid who is so cutting edge and he has that kind of back and forth in the office about never buying a Rick Ross album and and then he names a group that that maybe he would get. But of course, I download it like it just it, it, it rang a little false when I knew that this was a 42 year old man writing the script. Wow. I, I, I didn't think that. OK, so that like I said, love the movie. Mm hmm. But I did really love it. Now I love it. Like, okay. And then the second thing is something that you kind of kind of skirt around a little bit at the end of your review. And I think you were probably thinking of what I was thinking of. Um, Lynn and I actually had a conversation with, with two friends a couple of months ago about this this film. And one of our friends was like she was really, really adamant about the fact that she didn't like the drug dealing aspect of it. Yes. And 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 and, you know, she thought that that was something that that, you know, it it frankly shouldn't have been on the screen. And and, you know, I thought it was a really good conversation. But I think that speaks to something. And again, I, I, I suspect it's because the director is a dude our age. I think there is a type of person and certainly a type of black person and absolutely a black person our age that a drug dealer is so repellent like it's so repellent especially if you live through crack like like you actually watch things change that i could i could i could see the strings being pulled in the film that we're not going to have him deal cocaine or deal heroin like we're going to say he's dealing molly or or designer ecstasy stuff. designer stuff right. and <clears throat> excuse me we're gonna have them deal it to white kids at colleges right over there because 
again, it's 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 so repellent. It's, it's like that that part of like they talk about that part of the brain that makes us recoil from spiders. Mm-hmm. Like it's something about the way spiders move that that does something to to our heads. I think many of us are like that with drug dealers. Mm-hmm. And you have this young kid, Malcolm, and he's put in this position where he has to deal drugs. And I and I thought of our conversation and how passionate our friend was about it. And, and I suspect that that comes from that place where we don't want to even delve into this. Yeah. Like like even like it's bad. The end. Like we got brothers. We got cousins. We got friends. We got uncles. We got sisters. We got mothers. We got communities that were destroyed by this. Right. So this is nothing to play with. And I saw the strings being pulled, and I especially saw the strings being pulled because there's nothing about the character of um of Austin J- uh, Jacoby, who is who is the kingpin played by. And everybody take note because I'm now going to give out the first Michelle Mission Gus Freeling Award. Okay. For working actor who should be bigger than he is, and. There's no question in my mind, like, if he finds the right role, he's going to be a quote-unquote breakout star 30 years after he started acting, much like Giancarlo Esposito was when he played Gus on Breaking Bad. Okay. Uh, Roger Gouverneur Smith is, is, has been one of my favorite actors since he was, like, in school days. Wow. So, you know, when I saw he was in it, I was like, oh, it's that guy. And, and uh, this uh, I probably shouldn't say this. Like, this will come back to haunt me. You know, he plays the stuttering dude in Malcolm X. I mean, in all do the right right thing. thing. So, like, when I see him, I actually go, oh, that's Malcolm. Malcolm. Like, that's what I call him, which is probably awful. That is bad. Is that bad that I do that? But that's what I call him. I say, oh, it's Malcolm. That's all good. But you have this character. Went to Harvard. Came back from Harvard to his Inglewood neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Started this check cashing business. That apparently is is very successful because he is living this lifestyle with yeah. these two oblivious children right. that you just talked about. Is secretly a drug lord. Yes. And not only is he secretly a drug lord, but the implication is that he is using his cover as a, um as a role model in the community. Because remember, he met Dom through the boys club. Right. So like, and, and what I, what I inferred from this viewing is that he actually recruited Dom from the, yeah, from the, because remember Zoe Kravitz's character says, I liked him better when he was Dominic yeah. before he became Dom. And there are all these hints that Dom has these hidden depths. Right. So I, am, and the depth is actually there. It actually shows a little bit. I'm uh, talking about the whole hip hop thing in his conversation with Malcolm about yeah. hip hop. Well, cause he schools him a little bit. I mean, he's I mean, before that. The first thing he says to Malcolm is that you act like you just, you know, have all this old stuff. It's like you just stepped out of a DeLorean from 1986. And I remember the first time I saw it, I said, did they just have the thug drug dealer reference back to the future? Yep. So, you know, it's all that. So you have this secret drug dealer. Mm-hmm. And I've never been a secret drug dealer or a drug dealer of any type. But I have lived in America. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that the best way to call attention to your criminal enterprise is to do stuff that affects middle and upper middle class white people. Okay. So the fact that this secret drug dealer is selling designer drugs to white kids on college campuses, th- th- 
it, it that rang actually false. Like that actually rang false to me. Like if you are a secret drug lord and you're using your cover to do this stuff, there's absolutely no way I'm going to USC and selling ecstasy in Mali to these kids. I'm selling heroin to poor people. Uh, I see. I disagree. Okay. I disagree. I Have think, you been a secret drug lord? I disagree. I think that. <laughs> I think that especially when you're, you're you're praising the dude for the education that he has and for the come up that that, yes. that he's you know made of himself, okay? You're going to realize Oh wait, I'm sorry. But let me just finish my thought. But I again, I think what it came down to is I think the movie wanted to avoid conversations about cocaine and heroin and the drugs or about the destruction of the, our right people. the destruction right so i thought okay okay go ahead i'm sorry i just wanted to finish that no, thought I understand, go I understand ahead it. But, uh, but i think that when you raise yourself up to a certain level and you're and you're actually thinking about what you're going to do okay let's just put it on the table i'm going to be a drug dealer Okay. Okay. Regardless of whether or not you feel like he should have to be a drug dealer or whatever, you know, nobody knows everybody's pocket. That's what he want to do. That's what he want to do. Right. Right. So if you're thinking about that and you want to be on the low about it, the one of the things that you also know about being, uh, um, about the drug trade is that when you are, when the drug trade comes into the poor neighborhoods and the, and the dope man comes down, comes around, yeah, they want to see the dope man to get that dope. You know what I'm saying? But there's also a certain, uh, a great number of them that wants to know, yo, how can I be down with that dope man? How can I, how can I be the dope man and maybe even get to be the guy that's supplying the dope man? You seeing that as a business opportunity? You okay. Know what I'm saying as a career path, be so be it. You go to the colleges. And you're selling you're selling the drugs there. They're not seeing they're not seeing you as, you know, a possible career path for me. No, they're seeing you as oh the party dudes here. Okay. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So they're not caring about the other. They they don't care where it came from. They just know that you got it when they need it. You're a person I can go to to get it. You know what I'm saying? So if I'm a secret, uh, so I'm on the low. I'm gonna go to the white the white kids because they don't they don't care where it comes from, and they and as hmm. far and as long as I keep you know make sure that all the firewalls up in between me and them are in place, then I should be good to sell it to them and don't have to worry about it coming back to me. So if you have an OD at the frat house, that don't the blowback not, you're saying okay. won't reach me. No. Interesting. It's, it, it's li less likely to reach me. I mean, of course, anything can happen. Right. But it's less likely because all they talking about, all they're worried about is like, well, we got it. I got it from Christian. Christian got it from the Oh, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Right. It, it, I I think that uh, that's the way that's the way that you you go with that shit. And, and especially there when we're an OD, when a lot of I mean, let's let's put it this way. Drugs is not anything to mess with, but when people do OD, there's tons of people that OD and they die, they get rid, or they get horribly sick or impaired from mm -hmm. it. But there are some big, there are, there are also ODs that you pump their stomach, and a couple of days you're kind of good. You know what I mean? So the frat house OD you don't see is 
Statistically, because you're playing the odds. You're right. playing the odds. So the frat house OD on ecstasy is less liable to have blowback than the heroin OD on the streets is, yes. is your argument for yes. this. Okay. Yes. My retort is, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> but I, that's, a, that's a good I mean, you know, this is why I never went to crime. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be bad at it. But also, also speaking speaking to our friends, you know, um, troubles with the drug aspect of this movie. Right. Drugs are in the movie because in that neighborhood, in that world, drug is drugs are a part of that life. Sure. So, it, it, so it rings true that drugs are in there, are about in that world. For Malcolm and his and his friends to deal with that situation the way that they do, I think is also a commentary on where they live and on as much as they love eighties, nineties, hip hop and all that type of stuff. And they're punk rockers and all and, and everything all is still a commentary on being black in 2015. Right. I'm not going to go to the cops. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go to my, to my to the adults because like you said in this film they're just ciphers right um and i'm not going to go to the cops because in that world or in 2015 three black kids going to the cops about a, a bag of drugs and a gun no yeah no that's not going to happen you know i've seen this movie right you right I, and i agree with that i and, and i would even go so far as to say the adults not being as present and you know going you know the first thing i said about his mother like i said his you know his mom was oblivious but she's oblivious because she's working yeah you you know i think that there are lots of people in this country you know again i don't i don't think you understand what privilege is if it's just been with you all the time no you don't and i think one of of the types of privilege that we don't talk about is something like that adults the presence of adults mm-hmm. and, and, you know, not, nece- you know, not some old TV movie shit, you know, mama's cracked out in, in the alley or this, you know, daddy, I never knew dad, like none of that. Just simply if your parents have to work two shifts or three shifts, they're just physically not there as much as somebody else's might be. Yeah. And that's again, not commentary on, on the, you know, on, on your parent being bad. It's just your parent has to work. Right. So that there are a lot of, I mean, once you take out the fact that, like you said, these these three kids of color taking a bag of drugs to the police, like once you remove that all all together, there are no adults in this film for them to to go to for advice. Right. Like I have a problem, and you know, in in this case, it's something very dramatic, like a bag of drugs. Mm-hmm. But just in general, like like I I need some advice. And and you see that, you know, again, these three young people and the young people in general in this film, it seems like they just sort of like where's Zoe Kravitz's parents? Yeah. Like, like you, you know, like you have all these people just sort of um, sort of figuring it out. And, and I think you're right. I think that's that's absolutely a commentary on how people live and privilege. Privilege gets thrown around a lot, uh, especially in recent times. And it's. Privilege doesn't know race because the two kids of Austin Jacoby, right? His two kids, um, Quincy and Lily, 
they are wrapped up in their privilege as well because they're right. so oblivious right. to you know all they know is to like you know what what bling or what bling their father can give them or the, the drugs that are just laying around the house and Lily, I, she's funny as hell, gorgeous, but she's just wrapped up in she's smoked up in privilege. I, I mean, you know, it's 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 it's. it's Yes and no. I thought the thing that was striking to me about his son was how his son had it. It 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 was it was sort of ironic when you had Malcolm and his son. I forget the son's name. Quincy. Quincy. Um. Quincy and and Malcolm in the same scene, and and Malcolm is so much like like Malcolm's sort of mission statement is I'm not that type of nigga. And when they talk about that, he lists all of the stereotypes about black people that people want to put on him because he's from Inglewood. Right. And then you have Quincy who has lived this life of privilege, but his whole thing is he wants to, to be, be that guy. Th- he wants to be that guy, but he just doesn't have the biography to back it up. Right. And you know, and that it, it's like, that's kind of and it, that's kind of sad and, and you know and, yeah. and when they showed a scene of the crips and these aren't like the movie crips shooting up everything and it's like, like these are crips making youtube videos yeah and so it, you know you have all of that going on too which i thought was really like i'm ready to move off of the negative stuff now you, you know <laughs> i thought that was amazingly well done i thought it's also kind of cool that it, it's much as they were you know what you just pointed out is the differences between Malcolm and Quincy. They came together and and you know recognized each other for what they were and appreciated it yeah. through music. Yeah, how about through that? going into the studio and like him like really vibing off right. of this punk rock, this music that they were creating. You know, it's funny that you talked uh, that you mentioned that one of the moments that that. I understood why they did it, but I was like, oh, wow, I wish they would have zigged instead of zagged. So much of, of his crew and, and they're sort of embracing 90s culture mm-hmm. and, and the clothing and the hip hop and all that. When the bully takes his sneakers yeah, and he says, oh, these are J3s and that's their, their third generation Michael Jordans. Right. So that I'm like, oh, okay, this cat is a little bit of a sneakerhead. Mm-hmm. But see, that's that's it's 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 like i'm a nerd i like all this nerd stuff nerd stuff is 90 stuff but some nerd 90 stuff isn't quote unquote nerd stuff like some of that nerd stuff is just quote unquote cool stuff yeah like sneakers yeah so you you know and and if you want being such an ass and beating up on him, maybe they could have like because the first thing I was thinking was, well, how can he? You know, I'm 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 doing the the, the logistics of it. Like one of the logistics I was playing with in my head was, you you know, he lives with his mom and and you know the the implication is that they don't have much money, but he has a pretty decent wardrobe. Like for him to like like for him to put on this '90s stuff, like you can, just can't find this stuff. Like J threes, well, you can't. But a lot of the other stuff, you can get in time. I, you know what? I will give you one American dollar if you can find me one of them um, African American colleges and uh, and black colleges baseball caps. 
Dude, I bet I bet you could if you hit like No, no, I don't and I don't mean in your closet cuz again, there's a lot of the stuff we just have from back then. Well, I'm just saying, I'm sure if you went to a lot of the, you know, secondhand shops and thrift stores around here in Philly, I think you you come away with a bunch of well, that stuff. Well, I like the J3's moment. I like the J3's moment, but would that also to that guy start acting like an asshole and beat on him. It's true. Like, come on. But that also points out too that as much as as much as this movie does Excuse have me. thugs and drug dealers and everything like that, every it points out to what I always say in, in uh, our mantra as Tribbles is that everybody's a geek, dude. Like you know, like oh, you got the J threes, you know, like you said, he's a sneakerhead. A sneakerhead is a geek. Oh, he's absolutely. A geek about sneakers, you know. Uh, Dom is every bit of a hip hop head and geek. For that, for that music, as Malcolm is, which is why he right, goes right, right. back and forth on that, and plus drop the Back to the Future line, you know what I'm saying, indicating that you know he he has a sci-fi love. He, as he well. actually drops it twice because when he's on the phone with with um Dom, when Dom's about, I mean with Malcolm, and Malcolm's about to give the the package to the wrong dude, he says, "Wake up, McFly." Yeah, oh, I'm yes, like, right, right, this guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Embracing it, he's embracing it. You right, know what I mean? so, right. So this film is filled. It's it's filled with a, a lot of geek. And as much as we're going on about the whole drug dealing and everything like that, this is a funny movie. It's it's hilarious. It's a funny movie. It's so. I mean, when when Lily is coming on to Malcolm, and so then she comes on to my man, and she you know they're about to get it in, and she throws up yeah. on his chest. I was on the floor. Yeah. I was on the floor, man. This film and then like we say the whole scene where they go to their go to their, you know, their homie to actually, you know, learn about how to flip this whole Bitcoin situation. Right, right. And in the in the dark web. Right, yeah, right. In dark webs and and he's throwing around, you know, the the N word and has to and has to get checked. Right, right. Checked by Jiggy. I mean Diggy. Um, I'm like, oh my god, this joint is crazy. This joint, it's a funny, it's a funny flick. It's a funny movie. It's a funny movie. It's 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 an energetic movie. It's a lot of energy. Like like you can tell everybody involved was very vested. Like nobody showed up for this movie to get their paycheck. No, no you know, no, like everybody's doing work. How about the women in this film? How you feel about them? Well. Th- the first woman of the of the film is is Diggy. Okay. To me. I wish there was more of her. Yeah. In this film. Uh that's the only the only thing I I would say that this film does lack a little bit, and I understand why this this is, is that Diggy and Jib as Malcolm's best friends, they pretty much get kind of like pushed to the side a little bit. Sure. Uh and uh, in uh, a lot of the film and and parts of the film you you actually lose touch with them um and have to be reminded of where they are what they're doing uh and, and i thought that while both of them were very were very good i would have liked to have seen more of diggy they alluded to that she you know she was a, a lesbian was it, and it was kind of cool the way that they would play around with that play around with, <laughs> right. with the perceptions of it um i would have liked to see more of her zoe kravitz in her in her role as uh, Nakia, Nakia. Mm-hmm. she was okay. She was cool. Uh, I know. I know a lot of people. There, I know there are some people that like kneel at the altar of Zoe Kravitz. And I think that's maybe me more for her looks because she is a very nice looking lady. But I don't think you know. 
she was I I I like that there was that there was a little depth to her character. They try I th- I could see I could feel the attempt to make her a fully formed character with um questioning her circumstances and and trying to take ownership of who she was. At least, at least that's how it came across to me. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword. It, it's like I, th- I think, I think you know, we, we we are all hopefully many of us are 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 becoming more aware of the roles for women, mm-hmm. and and you know, and, and you know, frankly, certainly black women in yeah. these films and what they can and cannot do. And on the one hand, I, I I'm I'm glad he didn't quote unquote get the girl. Like, you know, there's this big flourish and kiss at the end, you, you know, like, like I thought, it, you know, I thought the way that it ended with them felt good to me for her character. On the other hand, I wanted more of her character. Like I wanted more of Nakia. And, you know, in a lot of ways you can't do that because it's not her movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not her movie. And, and, you know, the other thing that's sort of admirable is at the point of Malcolm's sort of, of character arc was not to get the girl exactly like like he liked her he said she was sexy this is that another but that wasn't the whole point of the film no so it almost like it has to kind of be given the 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 side it's the b story it's and the it's b treated like the b story the b that. story almost the c story like the a story is he's got to get rid of these drugs well, yeah true. the b yeah. story is he's got to get into harvard get into harvard and it'd be nice if she went to the prom with me right and so you know it's like so she's just sort of on the side. It is kind of, you know, this weird kind of um, almost meta casting with Zoe Kravitz. Like, like you have this film that is obsessed with the 90s and everything of the 90s. And, and who was more of the 90s girl that every black geek wanted than Lisa Zoe Kravitz's mother, mother. Lisa, Lisa Bonet. Bonet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there is, it, it kind of worked like that as well. Mm. And, you know. I ain't got no beef with Zoe Kravitz. I never really under like Zoe Kravitz is is like Lisa Bonet, but without Lisa Bonet's sort of charisma. Yes. But I'm also a dude in his forties that you know I'm a Lisa Bonet dude. Lisa Bonet J threes. Actually, not J threes. I never liked Jordans. Um, I was, I, I like no Air, Jordans. I like Air Force. The funny thing, the ones that I like are the J threes. Of course. And the only reason I like them, my brother was the Jordan dude. Okay. I like Air Force Ones, yeah, and De La Soul. So you know, I'm I'm an I'm a '90s dude for real. Oh, um, <laughs> oh, okay. You like that? You like that? <laughs> That's my bona fides. <laughs> uh, okay. so, something I saw. Uh, Zoe Kravitz actually is making the rounds because she's going to start a new film initiative, and, and I've seen and she's talking about basically what what we just said about the the lack of roles for women, and certainly the lack of roles for black women and she talked about the the challenges she's faced mm-hmm. getting cast and things and it was like on Jezebel or Gawker or BuzzFeed you know one one of those you know one of those aggregate sites that you kind of right. go and I was looking at the um at, at the comments right which allow you sort of get the id unfiltered from people and there were a couple of people that were talking about dope and they were commenting on how light all the all the women are in the film, you know, except for his mother. And you you know, and somebody said, and this is what stuck with me, that if aliens came and they saw like 
black music videos and black movies, they would think that black men came in all different shades, but all the black women were like taupe colored. Yeah. And I don't really know what, like, I don't have much, like, I felt like that was enough that I said, oh, well, I think I might say that out loud on the podcast. Like, I don't really have anything to add to that. Mm-hmm. Just that, you know, I, it's, it's like I said, you read it and then you, you notice it. And now, like, I'm looking at everything and noticing everything. It's interesting when you, once you do become more sensitive to that type of stuff and um, start looking at things from other people's eyes, from right. their points, points of view. And it's just something to be cognizant of. Right. Um, I think that's why having a film like Chirac, the, the lead woman, is a darker-skinned woman. Yes. Tavanya Harris uh, are, is very important, which is why, to a degree, um, just stepping into the realm of TV for a second, uh, the character, the comic book character Vixen was recently on an episode of Arrow. Yes. And... You know, the, the actress that played Vixen, she was fine. She was yes. actually one of the better actors on that show. Right, right. But Vixen, historically, in the comic books, has been of a darker shade than that character. Yes. Th- than that actress. Right. And and even in Vixen's animated uh, um, uh, web series, mm-hmm. she's of a darker shade than that actress. And, and certainly on, on Justice League. And, uh, yeah, and, yeah. And, on, and back in Justice League as well. So it would have nice to have seen that through line go through. Uh, it, it, and that only speaks to going back to the world of mu- uh, movies. That's always been the character, always been the case with the, the, the probably the first woman of Marvel Comics, Storm of mm-hmm. the X-Men. And yet when she historically is represented in the films, she's represented by a much lighter Halle Berry. Right, right, right. So it, it so it's it's telling um and you just hope that, you know, mind you, Halle Berry got cast in that what? That must have been like 2000 yeah. 3 something like that. So it, it so now it's 2016. It's a shame that you you're just hoping that people are more and more cognizant of it and as more and more women be in power in some of these um in some of the production companies and people that are making the movies, such as the uh, executive producer with uh, Lee Daniels company, uh, Effie Brown, who was recently on project Greenlight. When you have women in those roles, when you have women like Oprah Winfrey now putting her money behind a lot of films and and getting them out there. I think you will see that tide slowly start to shift. I, I, I mean, you see it every week. I, I don't think it is... Uh, it, Shonda Rhimes. I was about to say, I don't think it's a coincidence that Shonda Rhimes' shows have much more of a variety of, of black women yes. visuals mm-hmm. than you normally see. I don't think it's a, 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 a huge problem in this film, isolated. No. But, you know, I do think as we talk more on this show and and we start to have more and more episodes and we start to reference them because if you listen to one episode, you should listen to all the episodes. Amen. I think it's worth bringing to, you know, like put a, put a pin in it and put it on the board and say, Oh yeah, this is something that we have uh, talked about. Student a is a music geek that plays in a punk band and gets straight A's while student B suffers in the hood and makes money in immoral ways. Which student do you think I am? That is kind of like the gist of Malcolm's college 
uh, application essay that he writes and basically uh, narrates at the end of this film. If for nothing else, just to watch that end, that ending. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And watch and watch how he dramatizes that, and and watch how uh, the director, uh, Rich uh, Rick Famuyiwa, uh, and I apologize if I've if we've been butchering your name, uh, how he how he uh, stages um, that part of this film is, um, is, is, is really inventive and cool. It's a very well done film, a uh, beautifully shot and directed and, and written and acted. It, it's, you know what it is? What is it? It's dope. There it is. <laughs> there it is. And shout out to Forrest Whitaker and Nia Yang. It's not Bon Jovi. Bon Giovi. Bon Giovi, I believe I'm saying that. I think I'm saying that right. They also uh, produced it. I know Forrest Whitaker was doing a lot of interviews at the time that this came right. out. And, and he does the voiceover at the right. very beginning. At mm-hmm. the very beginning of the film. It's a great film. Great film. Yeah. You should check it out. It's available on Netflix right now. It is on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. So so we would recommend it. I would, I would wholeheartedly recommend this um, in a heartbeat. Surprisingly, I did... One of the times I watched this was introducing this to um, my girlfriend, and she did not like the film. Why didn't she like it? She found it boring, which I didn't understand. I didn't. Okay. I, I don't find it boring. But, Fair enough. But she found it boring. Everything doesn't have to be your thing. Um, but what apparently is becoming more and more of your things, ladies and gentlemen, thankfully, is the Michelle mission, and we appreciate each and every one of you out that there that listened to the way. show. That was a, that was very. It's almost like you've done radio before. Well, you know, <laughs> um, we we recently took part in the Blackfinity Gauntlet, which was a black podcaster meetup. It was a meetup of like all these cool podcasts it was so from, awesome. from the East Coast. <laughs> they all came here to Philadelphia um, to support a new store, a new comic book shop that opened here, Amalgam's Comics and Coffee House, which is, I believe, in the country, if not the first most likely the second comic book store to be open and ran and owned by an African-American woman. Yes, it is. Uh, uh, Ariel Johnson. So all these podcasters came together in Philadelphia at the store, shopping at the store. She had her biggest day. She just opened in December. She had her biggest day ever. Thanks to all of those podcasts. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. And um, and she's been killing it. I was about well, that's why I said wow because she she I know she's been killing. She's it. been killing. Yeah, a lot of press for there. So so for that to happen, and there was press there. There were like people covering it and stuff like that. And it was just really cool to see all these you know podcasters from New York. There was Black Girl Nerds. There was Geek Soul Brother. There was um, Afro Nerd Radio. There was uh, the Graveyard. Graveyard Shift Sisters, which are actually out of Philadelphia, they do a horror, a uh, black horror podcast. Oh wow! We we'll had to bring them in when we do something. There was the Starting Five, which was is which is a podcast by Dan, who calls himself the Mayor, who is a big fan of the Michelle Bishop. Oh, so Dan has excellent taste. Thank he, you, Dan. He does have excellent taste. Well. He has reasonably good taste um, <laughs> because he is a huge fan of of the Last Dragon, and took a little umbrage. So he does have excellent taste. He took a little umbrage with my uh, dismissing of the Last Dragon. See, you, what you got to understand is that Shonuff puts together his own regimen 
to reach the glow. Show enough. We, we, what, what, what we just talk about 15 minutes ago, the privilege of having adult supervision and people in your life to turn to. Show enough didn't have that. So show enough put this together on his own and got to the glow. He didn't need some wizened sensei. He didn't need a father at the kitchen table every night for dinner. Show enough did it all on his own. Right. So um, <laughs> apparently I've learned at the Blackfinity Gauntlet, there's quite a few people that take umbrage with my uh, dismissing of The Last Dragon. And to those, I say, shame on you. <laughs> Shame on you, Dan. <laughs> Shame on you, Jamie of Black Girl Nerds. Shame on you all. Shame on you, Vince. Dan, Jamie, you all look like masters to me. Whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> whatever. So, but but thanks, Dan. Thanks for following the show. We really appreciate it, man. Uh, we actually got a, a request from the Geek Soul Brother of the Geek Soul Brother and the Five Nerdy Venoms podcast. Uh, he's a nice he's, name. Yeah, I know. And it's a cool it's a cool um podcast. I do listen to them. He he requested for us to put is there a movie Buck Jesus? Buck Jonas? Buck Jones? There's a movie called Buck something. Well there's Bucktown. Yeah. It's not there's that. Buck and the Preacher. It's not Buck and the Preacher. Those are the only Bucks I know. There's a Buck movie. I'm impressed that I know two black movies with Buck in it. There's a Buck movie. Well we'll do it. Yeah, I know we're we, going to do all of them. We gotta, we're going to do them all. <laughs> I got to find it. He's going to be mad at me. Geek Soul Brother going to listen to this. He'll be like, I told you to write it down. I was busy. I was running around, man. I was running around. I'm sorry. Well, we'll we're going to do it. We're going to, we're going to find it. We're, yeah. going, to, we're going to do it. Yeah. And uh, Leanne Lindsay of uh, Tinsel and Tine uh, blog uh, here inside of Philadelphia. I put out the call for her to come onto the, onto the show. For some reason, she can't wrap her head around it. Well, what film do y'all want me to review? It's like, no, just choose a film, Leanne. Right, 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 right. But she listened to our Putney Swope episode, which I apologize for for fans of that episode. I do realize that there were a few technical difficulties in that film, in that um, episode. Unfortunately, I could not correct them, but I still wanted to get it out to you on a timely Timely, it was uh, guerrilla podcasting. It was the spirit of the film. It was, it was. So uh, we'll try to make those those incidents of those type of um, problems few and far between. But she 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 liked that episode. She knew that they had dubbed Arnold Jackson's voice for that film, mm-hmm. but she did not know the story behind it. So she appreciated us uh, relating that. Okay. She also, but she also didn't feel. She didn't feel the suppression of the black man's voice like some people have sure, said sure. they felt about that whole issue. I, I, look, I think that's sort of the point. Like, I think the point is, like, like I don't, I don't, like, I never say somebody's right or somebody's wrong about this stuff. What I think is important is that you have as many voices involved in the conversation, right? So, you know. Well, apparently I need to find some more voices <laughs> on my side. Except for the issue of show enough of which I'm a hardliner. But besides that, go ahead. We really need to argue about this. 
We may, we may have to do it. Oh, that was the other one. Ariel Johnson. I knew there was somebody else. Ariel Johnson of Amalgam's Comics and Coffee House. Basically, when she saw me, she said, okay, Len, I've been waiting to do this for like about a couple of weeks. And then she proceeded to strike a pose and give me the gas face <laughs> right there. Because, like, how dare I not like The Last Dragon? Lynn, when you said it, and I told you, I, when you said it, I was like, oh, dog. I know. I, <laughs> dude, dog. I can't, I, I, I don't understand what, what's, what, I don't understand. Just, just dude, just, I watched this film. Just let it go. When this film came out in 1985, I was, go. I knew that just, just I could let it see go. that it was bad. Just let it go. Everything doesn't have to be your thing, but about this thing, you're wrong. We shall see. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. What else? Well, that's it. That, that's, that's, it. that's it for the house. Nobody else wanted to tell you about how wrongheaded you were about showing off. There's too many people to name. I went to the after party. I got uh, there. Everybody wanted to jump on my back about uh, showing I don't mind showing off. I just don't think he was all that. Oh, see? Oh, and the movie, the movie is horrible. The opinions of Lynn Webb do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Michelle Mission podcast. I edit it. So <laughs> All right. All right. So, um, hey, I know what next week's movie is going to be. So, so, so do you? So do I? <laughs> Isn't it my, is it my turn? <laughs> yeah. Unless you slipping something else in. Or, I mean, is it is it something different? No. All right. It's the visit. Oh, is it? Would you think it was? I thought it was boomerang. We can do boomerang next week. We no, can do no, boomerang. No, no, no. It is the visit. It is the visit. It is the visit. Oh, I can do either one. I thought it was. I had it written down as the visit. Then it's I, the I picked visit. the visit and boomerang. Right. But um, because I was trying to do them in order. Let's do the visit because dope dope was kind of light. No, no, no. Yeah. And the visit, the visit gets heavy. So definitely do the visit because then you're right because it's the visit, and then. Then it's actually, I think it's the visit, and then Love Jones, then Boomerang. Right, because right, because we're going into April, movie. right? Because right. it's going to be Love Jones, Boomerang, Claudine, Claudine, and, and then, then Truck Turner's in there. <laughs> Truck Turner's a love story. We can do Truck Turner, but I know Truck Turner's in there. It, it, it is a love story. I know Truck kind Turner's of. in there. All right, but I'm yeah. trying to line up an uh, uh, interview at the East Coast Comic Con. Uh, Michelle Nichols is going to be there, so I'm trying to line up the one that's going to be here. The one that's going to be in Cherry Hill. It's going to be in Cherry Hill. Oh, we both going to do that? If you going to do... I will, I will try and make it happen, dog. Well, are, well, are, you, are, you, ava- are you available that weekend? It's the we're, weekend of April 16th and 17th. We, we talking all on the mic. I think I am. I mean, am I available to talk to Nichelle Nichols about <laughs> Truck Turner? <laughs> is, is that your question, Lynn? Is that your question? That's my question. Hey, Vince, are you available to talk to <laughs> Nichelle Nichols about Truck Turner? Yeah, that's my question. The weekend of April 16th, my birthday. You know what? It's so funny. I was thinking about you earlier. I know we're, we're still, but no, no, this is pertinent. This like, 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 if you've never seen Truck Turner, Nichelle Nichols is not playing Lieutenant Yohura in Truck all. Turner. And in my, and she ain't playing. And in my <laughs> head, I've all, like, I've never met Nichelle Nichols. And I always said, wow, I would love to kind of like maybe have dinner, like, be with her for an extended amount of time so mm-hmm. I could get to truck turner because i don't i don't know her feelings on it if she because because again it's not your but i know you've met i, I have michelle met. nichols and and based on your conversation 
about your your recounting of your conversation with Nichelle Nichols, it struck me that she was mad cool. Oh, she's mad as cool. a person. Yeah. And I actually had a little note in the back of my head where I said Lynn met Nichelle Nichols and I think she was mad cool. I could probably ask her about truck turn. True story. Like that's actually in, in my head. Like that's my Nichelle Nichols note in my head. <laughs> like I could because for years I wanted to ask her about Truck Turner if I ever got a chance to meet her. But mm-hmm. I figured if I meet her, it wouldn't be for that long. And and how you gonna talk to Nichelle Nichols and not talk about your her? So, but I, yes, yes, Lynn. I believe I am available to talk to right, well, Nichelle Nichols if if. If, if, Nichelle, if Nichelle Nichols' schedule is open, that's it, exactly. Right. Which now is what we're trying. I'm my my, my schedule is open though. If okay. if you, all right, for the record, you okay. can jot that down. You yes. can jot me down. It's a hard yes. Yes, sir. yes. yes. Cannot yes. talk to Nichelle. <laughs> and then this is the Lynn shit right here. Oh God, Lynn brings this up as we're recording. <laughs> like, understand? We had a pre-show meeting. He ain't say nothing about this. Save it for the show. Save it for Lynn Webb. Save it. They're going to put it on your gravestone. Save it for the show. Save it for the show, dog. All right. So next week we're doing The Visit. The Visit with Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams, Marla Gibbs, Hill Harper, and Ray Don Chung. So you haven't seen it. No, I've never never even heard of this movie. Yeah, I think it's just on D. I I have to give you my DVD. Um... If it's because I don't know if it's on anything, but we'll figure it out. All right, all right. So thank you. <laughs> Come on, wrap it up so we say good night. Go all, right. Or, or, yeah. all right, all right. Check us out. Check it out, ladies and gentlemen. You can um, tell a friend. Please tell a friend about the Michelle Mission. Yes. Go to MichelleMission.com where all of our shows are available. You can subscribe to the Michelle Mission on iTunes or on SoundCloud. We're also available through the Black Tribbles Podcast Network. Please, if you love the show, you can do two things to help us. One, you can tell a friend. Yes. Tell a friend about the Michelle Mission. Share it with, with, with uh, everybody. Follow us on Twitter as well as on Facebook. And you can also tune into iTunes and just leave a comment. Leave a comment saying how much you like the show, what you like about the show. Or what we could do better. Or what we could do, yeah. Or offer your suggestions for movies that you want to see us review. We're, we're stacking them up. Uh, stacking them all up and uh, putting them in a row and hopefully we'll get to your movie real real soon and as always the third seat is open for any guests that want to come on the Michelle Mission we had Charlie Brownskin the other week with um, sitting in here with Medicine for a Melancholy we're going to have other guests already lined up that we will be bringing you in the up and coming weeks and we look forward to having you join us on the Michelle Mission so for Vince, this is Len, and parting we say. Wubba dub lub lub. What? That wasn't right. Wubba dubba hub. I feel this is. Now. <laughs> now. Bye, Vince. Bye. <laughs>